Welcome to another episode of Positive Profit, the podcast for dog treat entrepreneurs who want to fetch success. I'm hoping that's you. I'm your host, Kara Brothers, and today I've got a bone to pick with the rules and regulations of labeling dog treats. Are you ready to unleash the secrets to labeling compliance? But before we dig in, I want to read to you a review that I just saw on Apple Podcasts. This comes to us from Dog Treats 111. And Dog Treats 111 says, very informative. As someone who's just starting my own dog treat business, this podcast is awesome. Very valuable information. Definitely give it a listen. Thank you so much for your review. I appreciate that, Dog Treat 111. And if you want to leave me a review, go ahead and head over to Apple Podcasts, search for my show. If you've liked something about this episode or I've helped you in some way, I would love to hear that feedback from you. Welcome to the Positive Profit Podcast. I'm Kara Brothers, dog treat business owner and collector of way too many cute cookie cutters. Do you love to bake treats for your dog and think about starting or growing your own home-based dog treat business, but you're unclear about how to do all the things to make it successful? Sister, I've been there and we've got this. If you want to step into your potential and turn your passion into profit, listen and learn with the other bakers in the pack to get clarity and confidence to bake dog treats from home, make money, and of course, pet all the dogs while you're at it. Give your dog a treat, grab one for yourself, and join our brigade of positive profiteers, and let's dig into the episode. I've got a podcast, as you know, and also a YouTube channel that's brand new, and I can't wait to bring you all the content that you can hear as well as see. So where can you listen to my podcast? You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Alexa, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify. You guys, I'm on Spotify. It's pretty neat. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> you can also head over if you want to ask me a question. Jam on over to my website, positiveprofit.com forward slash podcast. Or when you get there, just click on the podcast tab. And that's positiveprofit.com, positive with a P-A-W. And scroll down when you get to the podcast tab, and you'll see a little orange button, send message to Kara. So ask me a question if you guys want to know anything. I already have one question. I'm really excited. Um, it's going to take me a minute to answer this question uh, on the air, but I already have one question. I would love to have yours. So you've crossed the perfect dog treat and now you're thinking about mass producing it woohoo and selling it right on that's my jam woohoo but before you go full steam ahead there are some important rules and regulations that you should be aware of before mistakes are made so this podcast I hope will give you that information so you can go forward and be in compliance and all like that first and foremost the Food and Drug Administration the FDA that is the entity that oversees the safety and quality of pet food products. I know you've heard of them, but that's what they do, and that's where that governance is held, is in the FDA. While there is no pre-market approval requirement, your treats must be safe. They must be produced under sanitary conditions, contain no harmful substances, and be truthfully labeled, just like human food. It's the same for dogs. This information applies whether you want to produce pet treats, pet gravy, or some other type of pet food. 
And the information also applies whether you're manufacturing the products in your own home or if you are in a commercial kitchen operation. It applies to either. And the info also is pertinent to all pet food products sold in the United States. That's where we're going to start off. Now, for the nitty-gritty details and the best source of information on state rules, turn to the Association of American Feed Controls Officials. They're also AAFCO. I'm just going to call them AFCO. I'm sure they won't mind. They have developed model regulations for the pet food and specialty pet food industry to ensure uniform labeling requirements across all states. And you can find this golden guide in AFCO's official publication on their website. It does cost a bit of money to order that official publication, but if you want those rules right there and ready in front of you, you can look at any time when you're going to be labeling your dog treats. I highly recommend getting it just to be sure you're doing it correctly. So I've got several links for this particular episode. And if you're listening in the podcast, they'll be in the show notes. And they'll also be in the description of the video if you're watching on YouTube. That way you can have everything at your fingertips to explore after the episode. So let's go ahead and dig into the key information provided in the AFCO publication that every aspiring pet treat tycoon should know. There are 11 model regulations and some will apply to home manufactured treats and foods, which is I'm sure where most of you are making your treats. Let's talk about labels and everything that goes into a properly constructed and compliant label. So labels are your customer's information source about your treats. The model regulation PF2, label format and labeling, that outlines what should appear on the label, including the product name, the intended species, the quantity statement, the guaranteed analysis, if one is required by your state, the ingredient list, the nutritional adequacy statement, if one is required, feeding instructions, if required, and the name and the address of the manufacturer or distributor. In this case, that's you. <laughs> so let's break down some of the label elements. The product name and intended species. I just brought a package of my dog treats along to show you how I talk about the product name and the intended species. So first of all, we're gonna read it and then we're gonna look at the treat and see how it applies. Your treat's name should accurately represent what is inside. For example, you can probably see these are cheese twists and you can see it right down here, cheese twists. So that represents what's inside. Avoid making mistakes with misleading names like beef juice gravy for dogs if it's mostly cornstarch, okay? Then you're not going to want to use beef juice gravy for dogs. You're probably going to want to use cornstarch and mostly water. It's not a very catchy title. I'd stay away from it. Clearly state the intended species in words on the label. For example, for dogs, right? Because they want you to stay away from pictures or vignettes that may be insufficient to clearly indicate the species of intended use. Mine says, all natural dog treats. So I've got the species right there. So there we have it, the product name and intended species. That's pretty easy. Now let's get into the quantity statement. Think of this as your treat's weight class, which is probably better known as the net weight or the net contents statement. 
this panel is part of the label, most likely to be displayed when the product is offered for sale. The quantity statement must be in the bottom third of the principal display panel and separated from other statements. All right, so you can see on my bottom label, at the very bottom, you can see the net weight right there. Okay, pretty clearly marked out. Use clear space above, below, before, and after the quantity statement. Net contents are generally expressed in terms of weight or count for dry products and fluid measures for liquids. Weight should be in the terms of avoirdupois, which is pounds and ounces, units. So that's what I've got, you can see, four ounces, 4.2 ounces. Metric units of weight, kilograms and grams, may be voluntarily expressed in parentheses after the avoirdupois units. So you can see I've got, what do I have? <laughs> 4.2 ounces, and then I also have it in grams right after. As it says, that's, that's voluntary if you wanna do that part. I do it. It's, it's pretty customary, actually. Now, I don't want you to be overwhelmed. I know this sounds like a lot of information so far as labeling, but it's really not because once you make your first label and you understand what you need to do, you can just keep copying it and changing the relevant information for the new treat you're offering. This is something I would change. I would keep the same format because I know it works. It's already been approved by the state of California Department of Public Health Food and Drug Branch. Say that three times fast. So I already know this works. So I keep this template and um, if I'm going to be making oh, bacon bites instead of cheese twists, I just type in bacon bites and then I change the weight in ounces and grams. But all natural dog treats is always there because it identifies the species. So the guaranteed analysis, your state may or may not require one. You're going to need to do some investigation uh, with your state to find out if one is needed. In my state, in California, we absolutely need a guaranteed analysis. And I actually think that is the case in most states. Now, the guaranteed analysis outlines minimum percentages of crude protein and fat and maximum percentages of crude fiber and moisture and other nutrients if your treat happens to make specific claims. So make sure to check if your state requires a guaranteed analysis. It's really important if they require one, you have to have them. Where do I keep mine? <laughs> On the back, because the, the front is pretty full. I've got my business name right there, my logo. I've got the species, I've got the name of the tree, I've got the net weight right here. So there really is no other place. You would typically find a guaranteed analysis along with the ingredients and feeding instructions and things like that on the back. Fun fact about my labels, y'all, and this will have to be another episode, but this is a label that's about three by two, not exact dimensions, but I use this size label for my four ounce bags. Also, it oriented this way, so it doubles as my uh, ingredient label and my guaranteed analysis label. That way I'm not buying a billion different sizes of label. So I use this one, it's about a four, four by one, always on the front, and then this size doubles on back. And then I have a bigger size for my six ounce bags of treats that I also duplicate on the back. So let's take a look at the guaranteed analysis. The guaranteed analysis I put under my ingredients and it's kind of small, but I hope you can see it. Ooh, that might be too fuzzy. And the guaranteed analysis is something that you're not just gonna know what it is. You're going to need to send a sample of the dog treat that you want tested 
to an approved lab who will test the treat and they will send you the guaranteed analysis. So they'll do all the, the studies to find out how much crude protein is in this treat, how much moisture is in this treat, how much fat is in this treat. And then with those numbers, you include them as your guaranteed analysis that's on the back of your label. Very important to do. I will have some links to the labs I could find around the United States that perform these tests. You'll need to find which one you'd like to go with. They have a range of different prices. I personally like Clemson University. That's one that I like. I'll have those links available. There are some labs too that can offer a shelf life test. And those are really valuable in being able to discern how long your treat will last on the shelf before it goes bad. I don't have one, but I've done my own test. So you may see a date stamped on the bottom. That is the day that these treats are good for. And I know because I've done these tests myself, okay, so far as how long they'll stay good for. Right, something else that you need to know for labeling is the statement of nutritional adequacy. If your treat claims to be the sole source of daily nutrients, it needs a statement on how it met those needs. How does it qualify to be the sole source of their daily nutrients? If your treat doesn't make those claims, you don't need to worry about it because treats and snacks, I mean, those and supplements are exempt unless you make those claims, okay? I don't make those claims because I don't have the science to back it up, nor do I want to. This is a treat. It's not supposed to be their main feeding source of food. Another thing that you need to have on your label are the feeding directions. If it's simply a treat, as I just state, intended as a treat only and not a meal replacement. And I put that right down there. If your treat claims nutritional adequacy, like we just talked about before, provide practical feeding directions consistent with meeting daily nutritional requirements. Like if you were making pet food or something, something that, you're, that your dog is going to eat every day, you're going to need to have those types of directions on the label to make sure the dog can meet its nutrition goal for that day. Don't forget that you're going to need your name and address on the, I put mine on the back of the label, <laughs> manufactured by that's me. And the reason that's important is because if a customer wants to reach you, get a hold of you, um, maybe they have a question about your treat or your packaging, or maybe they want to contact you for a wholesale order. Maybe they have, you know, some feedback for you. They're going to need to know how to get a hold of you. And it's required that you let them know how to get a hold of you. Name and address are minimum to make it easy to find you. Also, you can showcase your company and your company pride that way too, by putting it on there. It's kind of nice. Not only do I include the name and the address. I also put my phone number so they can reach me directly. And it comes to this phone, my actual phone. <laughs> so they can reach me that way. And I have my email address as well. Plus I've got some social media handles on there as well. So they'll have no trouble finding me. Now we're going to take a quick pause to talk about product and manufacturer registration and licensing. Woohoo! This is all really important information and I wanted to bring it to you guys because it's confusing sometimes about what you need, where it should go, what's required. So even if you need to watch this back or listen to this again, 
please do to make sure you get all the information. If you're unclear about what the requirements are or ask a question if you want some clarification. Product and manufacturer registration and licensing. Okay, most states require registration or licensing. Mine did. Make sure you check the AFCO official publications for details on your state requirements. Super important, you guys, because states can vary and they can vary a lot. Something really good to know. If you sell online or across state lines, meaning if I live in California and I want to sell to any other state, you may need to register in multiple states. Look at AFCO's official publication, contact your state to find out what the requirements are, and just make sure you are in the know. By the way, the episode is the top dog treat labeling mistakes that you may be making and how to fix them. And the mistakes that I have inadvertently talked about are if you don't do these things, right? If you're not putting that they're for dogs, that's a mistake. How do you fix it? Add that they're for dogs. That's pretty simple. And it's a requirement. If you don't have accurate net weight on there, you need to. You can't leave it off. Okay, that's a big mistake. Your labels will need to be approved by whatever state agency approves your labels and they are going to scrutinize them and they are going to examine them and it will either be a thumbs up, pass, go ahead and sell your treats or a thumbs down, here's what you need to correct. If you are not in compliance and you're already selling your dog treats and somebody, for example, let's say turns you in, which is a thing, then you'll be getting a call or a letter from your state agency letting you know what an infraction was found and how to correct it. So it's not like right off the bat, you're just going to, you know, get a big fine and go to jail. Okay. <laughs> At least that's what the California Department of Public Health told me. They say they make every attempt to work with the seller to correct the problem. And from what I hear, they are very helpful. They were very helpful for me, helpful for me when I got started. I had like 101 questions. I think I even pushed it to 102. I had so many questions about getting started because the information, at least for me, for the state of California, it, everything I needed wasn't just in one place. It was kind of a, you know, had to go here and I had to go there and, and really assemble this collection of information myself and then run it by some of that work for the California Department of Public Health to say, hey, am I on the right track? <laughs> anyway, but we, we got it down and they are very helpful. The things that I've talked about, make sure you don't make those, those mistakes. Check your state's requirements to make sure you are in compliance. But when you're starting off a dog treat business, I really do recommend that you purchase a copy of the AFCO official publication. I'll link it and you can order it from the AFCO website. Read through the section in the website on their website. Okay, this is a great section, you guys. If you go to the AFCO website, aafco.com, check out the section starting a pet food or pet treat business please do lots of great information and find out about ingredients to use in your product and then read the section on labeling. So there's great information there too. You can then progress to the section on registration and licensing requirements for your state or any state that you want to sell your product. I cannot recommend this website enough. 
So get started now. You can comply with the regulations and earn money, okay? So don't let it be scary and daunting at first. All the information is there. You just need to look at it, ask questions, follow up. You know, everything is pretty laid out. You know, selling dog treats, making dog treats, and everything that goes along with it is so rewarding. I just really encourage you to stick with this process, even though it's a little bit, you know, confusing, maybe a little scary at first. We have all been there, you know, me included. If you have any questions, if I can help you in any way, please let me know. Your success would be my greatest joy for sure. Please remember that laws and regulations do change and you're ultimately responsible to know and comply with all laws and regulations. Now you have some homework. (laughs) I bet you weren't expecting that. So your homework from this episode is to check your own labels. Check them out and just see if they comply with the AFCO rules. If you already have a dog treat business, check out your own labels, make sure you're good. And if you're thinking about starting a dog treat business of your own, make sure you get that copy of the AFCO's official publication to see the rules and regulations to start off right. And you can order on their website. That wraps up today's episode of Positive Profit. And remember, knowing the rules is just the first step to fetching success in the dog treat business. And join me next time as we dig deeper into the world of canine entrepreneurship in the kitchen. And until then, remember to treat yourself well. Now, hold on. Wait. Friend, if you've enjoyed this episode or if I have helped you in some way, I invite you to leave me a review for the show on Apple Podcasts if you're hearing this. And then for my YouTube bakers, please like this video. And if you like what you see and what you hear, I invite you to subscribe and follow the show to enjoy more weekly episodes. They come out every Tuesday and Thursday. Have a great week, guys. Love you. Hey, sis, one quick thing before you go. If this podcast episode helped or blessed you in some way, the number one way you can pay it forward is to head over to Apple Podcasts and search for my show, Positive Profit. Leave me a review and subscribe to the channel. Your heartfelt messages of gratitude impact me so much and bring me such massive joy. I would be so appreciative. Don't forget to join the free Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash start a dog treat business and send me your juicy questions at positiveprofit.com. I positively appreciate you and look forward to connecting with you again soon. Until then, don't forget to treat yourself well.